Welcome to the 271st episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Sarah Pinsker, author of the novel A Song for a New Day. And just one programming note, this interview was recorded prior to current events and pre-pandemic. I've had a number of episodes in the queue, so stay tuned for my interview with Sarah Pinsker. This episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast is brought to you by Libro.fm. Libro.fm is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. Support your favorite local bookstore and you can pick from more than 125,000 audiobooks including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know who I'm talking about. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports your local bookstore. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out the recommendations and curated list from the people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. There's a special offer now. For reading and writing podcast listeners, get three audiobooks for the price of one, $14.99, with your first month of membership. Just use the code RWPODCAST. Again, that's Libro.fm, purchasing audiobooks from your local bookstore, and use the code RWPODCAST. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Sarah Pinsker, author of the debut novel, A Song for a New Day. Sarah's short fiction has won the Nebula and Sturgeon Awards. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Well, your debut novel, A Song for a New Day, has been described as a dystopian novel. If someone listening hasn't heard about your novel yet, how would you describe A Song for a New Day? Uh, I, I actually got totally surprised by the dystopian uh, label that got put on it, which is funny because it, it is dystopian. Uh, but I, I tend to say a, a near future possibility full of music, something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very good at describing. Um, if I could say it in a sentence, then I wouldn't need a whole book. But uh Sure. Uh, it's a book about music, music and connections, and uh, well, in terms uh, of like the overall or the general premise, isn't it that uh, music or or um, uh, communal kind of uh, concerts have been banned? Is that is that correct? In in a near future setting? Yeah, it's a near future where um, some stuff has happened that's led the the government to first ask people to stay home uh, for their own safety, and then has turned for their own safety into into law, um, which is which is questionable. Um, and then and then technologies spring up to take advantage of that and uh, sell people things so that they can uh, enjoy music and shopping and bars and and everything else that they're used to enjoying but from the com- com- uh comfort of their own homes. Gotcha. So, do you remember the original idea that led you to writing a song for a new day? Um so so I have a a story that I wrote uh before this uh called Our Lady of the Open Road which follows one of the same characters. 
so so part of the question is is sort of what inspired that because that then inspired the novel sure. and um i think it's sort of a whole bunch of my my fears about where music could potentially head that i i exaggerated and and put all of them in one place um and and so so it's a lot of the questions of you know how do the the initial questions were probably how do musicians make a living uh you know in a world that's paying less and less for music um or where people's attention is being uh drawn to you know do you want to finish the show that you started uh binge watching yesterday or do you want to go out in the rain to go see a band um even if you really wanted to see that band like do you start saying oh maybe maybe I'll stay home you know like I really do want to finish this show and and so all of those things sort of I crammed them all into one and and so what what are I mean obviously you have the novel which people can read but but what are your thoughts about that and you know I'll I'll um I'll do kind of like a little confessional I I certainly have found myself because I I'm 52 years old and I grew up probably going out to um, punk clubs and, and, um, live concerts two or three nights a week. And now I rarely see a live show. Um, and I'm just wondering what your, what your thoughts about that are. I I'm guilty of it too. I, I mean, <laughs> I know that there are shows I could go to any night of the week and I try to go see my friends' bands when they play. And I try to, uh, and I, I, I mean, I love discovering new bands or new to me, you know, and, um, I love little shows. I, the I tend I tend to like look at big shows by by big artists that I love and say, oh, I should really go to that. And then I just you know nope out of the the cost or the travel or the parking or whatever. And that that I don't feel so bad about. But sure. the little shows that I could you know get to in ten minutes and and pay ten bucks and be inside. Um, I I have a a lot of guilt about about the nights that I stay home. So I guess I guess maybe I'm chastising myself, which I I hadn't even thought about. <laughs> right. Well, in addition to writing award-winning short fiction and now your first novel, you're also a singer-songwriter and have released three albums. I'm curious about your creative process, um, specifically when when you start thinking about an idea. Do you do you ever have to? figure out in your your mind or your process of whether it's an idea for a song or short story or now a novel uh yeah absolutely uh to me to me they're all uh modes of storytelling so 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 yeah an idea comes and you do have to figure out which which uh mode is the appropriate one for it i guess sort of in the same way that that uh a poet might get an idea and and need to figure out whether it's you know free form or a sonnet or a limerick or a, a haiku. Um, most ideas, I can I, I think this has come over time, especially with writing a lot of short stories and a lot of songs. Um, I, I think I've gotten to a point where when an idea comes, I I get a sense of what how much space it would need to be told. Um, so, so this felt way too large to, to fit into say, you know, three, three verses in a chorus. I just sure. had too much to say. Um, and, 
and you know, could it have been a short story? Uh, no, I, I tend to think a short story is sort of a a single moment, as or you know, a, a fairly a fairly small amount of time, and and uh, one it explore usually explores one idea in depth, and then once you start getting a, more than one idea, more than one character to braid in, um, you start getting getting a little more complex and they they become uh th- like that's when you start looking at a novel when there's when there's just multiple ideas that are related and need to need to be woven together sure um and i did since you asked that in that particular way i'll also mention uh when i wrote the first draft of this though in order to get into writing it as a novel um i, I actually wrote it in a song format um so so um you sounded like someone who would appreciate that but but um so so you know how uh song structure is usually written with like a a as a verse and b as a chorus or something like that and c is the bridge and so you do like an a b a b c a b type thing and so so my first my first draft was a song and then i started getting clever with myself and um i gave it a a bridge that took place on a bridge and i gave it a, a solo um, which is so the bridge and the solo and the coda are still all in there um, for as remnants of when it was a song, but uh, a very 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 long song. <laughs> but uh, it 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 doesn't work out so well. Uh, like at, at some point you have to look and say is is uh, am I telling this right? And it it was right for drafting, but it wasn't right for. Uh, presenting it to other people sure and did you ever release that song uh no no (laughs) i mean it's just a first it's just a first draft right Um, right um so i'm I'm curious uh kind of along those same lines um have have you always written fiction um or were you a musician first or a writer first how did that um come about in your own life or were they always kind of side by side for you they were both always in my life. Like I, I know I was writing short stories from a really young age. And I started submitting them when I was twelve or thirteen, and I'm very thankful those didn't get published. <laughs> um, and I was probably I was twelve when I got my first guitar, and I was performing way before I should have been. Also, um, so um, I guess they've always been in my life. I do have a hard time doing both at once. So, so you know, my twenties were entirely music, and um, I didn't, I didn't have enough space for for writing fiction. And as I've written more fiction, the it's gotten harder to keep up the music end of things. So I have a a fourth album that's completely done, that's completely in the can, that's ready to go. And, um, it, you know, it just needs some TLC that I don't have time to give it right this moment. Um, and I'm hoping to at some point in the, in the near future. Great. Well, what was your publication journey like? I mean, what, what, um, I mean, you, you obviously said you started submitting very early. Um, what, what was kind of your journey and what led you to your first short story sale? Uh, so yeah, so I, I submitted a bunch of stuff. 
before I was even in high school, maybe a little bit in high school. Um, I was, I started my high school's uh, literary magazine. So I was still writing stories then. Um, and I took all the, the story classes in college and everything. So I, I was still writing stories then. And it was, it was uh, like towards the end of college that I started like playing more and more music. And I uh, decided that I was gonna, you know, give up the lucrative career of fiction for the lucrative career of, of a touring musician. And um, (laughs) (laughs) I, and so that was when I sort of put the fiction aside for a while. And then in maybe, maybe it's close to like maybe eight years ago now, I, I started writing fiction again um and and i can't really remember why or or how that started happening again but i um it actually picked up pretty fast for me so i had maybe a year of of writing stories and throwing them everywhere and and then after that they all started to sell so there there were some rough ones in that first year um but i think everything that i did honing honing my storytelling down to three three verses in a chorus uh, actually helped with the quality of my fiction, helped it uh, so, so get published faster. Like I think I think I had gotten pretty good with word choice and, and just with the rhythm of the rhythm of sentences, mm-hmm. the rhythm of paragraphs, all of that stuff. I, I um good uh snappy beginnings and endings and so so i I needed so then it was just a matter of figuring out which stories i wanted to tell and um and they've been i I think my first pro sale was 2011 or 2012 and i've had about 50 since then wow great Um, yeah and so what was what was the writing process like for your novel? Did you outline it extensively or are you a more organic writer in terms of the uh, plot and this story? one? This one I did not uh, outline. I'm not in general an outliner. Um, the, the next novel that I'm working on, I ended up with an outline and um, enjoyed the process more than I expected to. Uh, Cause I'd been, uh, pretty derogatory about that process just in terms of how I didn't think it would work for me. Um, but, but this one, I sort of, this, this one really progressed very naturally. And then it was just a a question of putting the pieces in the right place. Um, so I think I told it linearly at first and then, and then realized I needed to do some chopping up, you know, I, I, like I said, I did, I did it in this weird song format and then realized it wasn't going to sound right. Um, right. So I had to, um, it, it, it spent too much time on, on each character uh, relative to the other. So, so you were away from one for too long. It, it needed a little bit more back and forth. Um, and, and I sort of chopped up the timeline at the beginning um, in a way that that uh, turned out uh, the the way it sounds to me in the end, and, and it's funny that I use the word sound. Um, but but it starts out like two records that that have beats that are slightly out of sync, and you need to um, to match the beats. And once the ma- the beats match, they lock in. Um, 
and the band kind of locks in, you know, so I had this feeling that there's a moment where you, you people are kind of unmoored at the beginning with which time, like where things are in time. And then, and then I want, want it to lock in, but I, I like leaving things unmoored right at the beginning. Got it. And, and what's the short story writing process like for you when, when you, when you write a short story, do you um, usually have kind of a, uh, an idea um, in your head or do you start with an image or w- what's the process or, or is it different for you for each story? Uh, it, it can be different, but generally there's some idea that has crossed my mind. And then it's a question of um, whose, whose story is this to tell? And once I, once I have the who alongside the idea um it it starts to get easier to tell gotcha and and so what advice would you have for aspiring writers who may be listening um given your success with short stories and now your first novel publication um i think let's see what advice would i give uh work really hard on your beginnings and endings i think i think that um in, in terms of getting something to a place where it'll sell, you want to catch eyes with, with your beginning. And then you, you want to leave uh, the editor who's reading your work with something that they can't forget, whether it's an image or a sentence or something. Um, so those beginnings and endings and just following through this so that the promise that you make at the beginning is the thing that you bring it around to in the end. Uh, the, those are, I think that would probably be my advice. Um, and just asking, this isn't my advice, but, um, the, the writer, uh, Theodore Sturgeon's, uh, advice to his students was always ask the next question, ask the next question. Um, so I think it's really easy to write the, to get an idea and write something immediately that's based on that idea and it's quick and it's snappy and it's, you know, very, and, and then it's, idea based, but it's very superficial. And it's not until you probe a little bit and, and ask the next question that you figure out where the real story is sometimes. Yep. So what books, fiction or nonfiction have you read recently that made an impression on you and that you would recommend? Um, I've, I've been reading a bunch of collections recently. Um, so uh, uh, Ted Chang's um, is one that, the uh, new collection, Exhalation, is one that everyone will, will probably have heard of. Um, and he's a he's a master. That's a master class. But there's also some great new collections. Um, uh, there's a writer named Molly Gloss who had a wonderful new collection that came out uh, in July. Um, there's there's a collection called Homesick by Nino Cipri that's coming out in November, I think. Um, Jessica Reisman's collection that's coming out in November um, that I just read. Um, Malka Older has one that's coming out in November. I think November. Yeah, they're all somewhere around then. And, and um, if, you're, if your listeners are writing short fiction, I, I highly recommend picking up any of those books. They're all, they're all just fantastic uh, examples of, of what you can do with a a few thousand words. Great. 
Well, we've talked about your, your debut novel. Do you have any upcoming short story publications that you wanted to mention? Uh, well, I should also mention a, a, uh, my first collection also uh, came out in March, which is uh, Sooner or Later Everything Falls Into the Sea. Um, but uh, stories coming up, I the only one that I have that, that uh, is unpublished as of this moment, uh, I, I have a whole bunch that I'm dying to get to write <laughs> as soon as I finish this novel. Um, but the only one that's, that's sort of in the can but hasn't happened yet, as far as I can think of off the top of my head, is um, is a story called Two Truths and a Lie, uh, which will be on Tor.com next July. It's a little ways away. <laughs> um, and I, I just sold it last month, but they they have a very long uh, turnaround time. So, gotcha. um, but that one's a, a horror story, which which is something I never expected to write. So I'm very excited about it. I guess dark fantasy, not horror. Gotcha. But um, it's fun to play in other playgrounds sometimes. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Sarah Pinsker, author of the debut novel, A Song for a New Day. The novel is in bookstores now, so go grab a copy or download the ebook. And Sarah, thanks for doing this interview. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Great. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money now on new siding from LP SmartSide at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big